Hey there. Welcome to 7th Heaven, a lesbian recap. I'm Lindsay, and I'm joined by my co-host and real-life partner, Carling. We're diving into the 90s hit drama through today's lens. Get ready for our off-the-cuff commentary and peeling back the layers of the Camden family. We'll tackle everything from family rules, life lessons, and 90s fashion. Join us every week for a light-hearted queer perspective and a trip down memory lane. Whether you're a die-hard fan or new to the show, this recap is for you. So find us anywhere you get your podcasts at 7th Heaven, a lesbian recap. I believe I was in the backseat of her car and I can hear her calling my mom. And she's like, you need to, you need to come to the hospital. Something really bad has happened. And she's like telling me to like, stay, stay awake, stay awake. Michelle. Hey, Carly. How are you? I'm <laughs> good. How are you? My God, I'm sorry that I've maybe pointed out something that you... I'm feeling a little bit insecure right now. You are beautiful. Uh-uh. Your body is perfect. <laughs> your body is a wonderland. <laughs> Specifically your nose. <laughs> I'm very self-conscious about my nose breathing. I may have pointed out that sometimes the mic picks up on heavy nose breathing. And I would just like to say, for myself and all the small-nosed people out there, <laughs> we can't help it. It's not. It's like your nostrils are My small. My nostrils are very small. They're like two slits. They are. <laughs> they are. And like... We should have you on an episode. I did not sign up for this small nose. Yeah. it. Your nose isn't small. Like... It's my in nostrils. In proportion to your face. Yeah, no, it's my nostrils. They're very nostrils. small. They're like two slits. Yeah. And sometimes it gets a little bit hard to breathe. Yeah, and I think when we're interviewing somebody, we're obviously paying attention to what they're saying and we're engaged in the conversation. Yeah. And so you start breathing through your nose. <laughs> Anyways, so if you hear any nose breathing, it is me and I am sorry. I'm I, not sorry. No, don't be sorry for your <laughs> nose noises. <laughs> I mostly edit it out. Edit it out. Edit it out. Edit it out. Um, and yeah, Anyways. but I'll be listening and I'm like, my God, like, what is this? <laughs> it's a very intense story. <laughs> well, I love you and I love your nose. Thank you. And it is nothing to be ashamed of. Oh, thank you so much. But if you could just breathe through your mouth, <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> Happy Sunday slash Tuesday. How I know. I'm great. Great. <laughs> Things are... Things are great. I don't know. I had a really nice week. Oh, good. I'm glad. It was a bit rainy, but... Um, it rained a lot this week. And now yeah. it's going to be super hot. Yeah. My work has been really busy because sport groups are are back at it sport as Sport groups. Sport groups. <laughs> That's what we call them. Sports organizations are sport partners. Sport groups. Yeah. Like, they have rehearsal? They have rehearsal. <laughs> <laughs> and a five, six, seven, eight... <laughs> Uh, So they're all coming back to facilities. So it's been a wild week of just like scheduling everybody and making sure everybody knows the rules. And you had a phone call the other day that with a figure skating person that I could not handle. (laughs) Listen, I'll say, because I don't know who listens to this. People who and most often they're always volunteers because they're parents who take on these jobs. They are passionate. They, they are, are passionate. They are an impassioned bunch about their chosen sport. Ooh. And 
That is all I have to say. It was a lot. Yeah, I actually love it. I think it's like, I like love talking <laughs> to I think to that them. you have the perfect personality yeah. to talk to, yeah, people like yeah. that. And it's ironic, again, that I work in sports because I've never played a sport. I don't know. <laughs> and they'll be talking and I'm like, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm, oh, totally. Mm-hmm, totally. Yeah. I the hate that. Toe pick. I hate and the, that about the toe picks. All with of the, that. Off center. Almost a double entendre. But that's like, <laughs> <laughs> Lord. But oh, anyway, funny. yeah. So this is my last week of reduced hours mm-hmm. so that's nice i'll be back up to 40 hours which means i'll be back up to my full pay excellent and yeah i don't know so it's great that's awesome and i am disappointed in you <gasps> because oh, yeah. you that had something sense. happen what that you just casually oh. <laughs> brought out to me that like should have been an instagram story or a tiktok i guess or... What happened, Michelle? I mean, an old lady walked into my house. Not just walked in, walked in and up the stairs. Yeah. She didn't belong. You weren't expecting anybody. <laughs> I was not expecting anybody. Tell me what happened. I was in my room and I was doing work on my computer and Julia came in and her and I were talking and then all of a sudden she's like, Mom, there's someone at the door. And I was like, oh, weird. Okay. Like figured yeah. it was just a package being dropped off. And she's like, no, they're like in in the house and I'm like what yeah and I was like where and she was doing that thing where she's like looking and like pointing but not saying anything and being like there's someone there oh my god and she's like there's an old lady in our house and I'm like what (laughs) but by the time I got up to see she was gone right but all your other kids were in the living room (laughs) (laughs) all the other kids were in the living room and they were like there was an old lady in our house I'm like what yeah. And yeah, she had come in and walked up the stairs and stood at the top of the stairs and then said, I think you live is, in like a, is it called a bi level? Split, level. A split yeah. level. So you walk into the front door and you can go up or downstairs. Yeah. And she went up the stairs and then she said, I think this is the wrong house. And then she turned around and left. <laughs> and now we keep our door locked. <laughs> like, <laughs> was she alone? Yeah. So she was talking to herself. Yeah. I, <laughs> I told you that and you were like, no, no. Like, how did this happen? And I only really wish weird. you had had your doorbell camera working at the time. I agree. That would have been something to see. Let me tell you why I am mad at you. Oh, why? Because you made me do an anxiety meditation <laughs> that gave me anxiety. You guys, I made Michelle download an app called The Tapping Solution. Mm-hmm. And so it's like rooted in ancient Chinese acupressure. And there are points on your body, meridian. I don't know. You tap, tap, tap. And so I made her do one for anxiety. And she didn't love it. Because <laughs> it was a lot of like... I am in tune with my body. I will not let my anxiety rule my day. Oh, my God. Maybe the problem is that you said it it like that. Maybe. Maybe you didn't like that I was being sarcastic. We'll both be mad at each other. (laughs) No, I could never be mad at you. How was your week? You had the whole week off. I did. I had the whole week off. I didn't really feel like it because I was busy. Yeah. Um. Oh, my twins had their kindergarten screening. Oh my God. Which was so cute. I they like, were hate so that you excited. couldn't go in with them, though. Yeah. They were just like, okay, we'll take the kids in and just come back in 20 minutes. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, what are you doing to my kids? Yeah. No, but they brought them into the gym and they had little activities to do. I think, 
I think it was so that they could figure out which kids were going into which class, like sorting right. them into. <clears throat> yeah. Believers, non-believers. <laughs> Slytherin, Griffith, Gryffindor, you know. Um, and yeah, they just like, they were doing stuff for their like gross motor skills, fine mm. motor skills, and they loved it. They had so much fun. And then I, I don't know, I've, I haven't been feeling good this week, so I've been sleeping a lot. Um, very low energy, but tried Do to I need clean. to call you out on your thyroid medication? No. <laughs> but you can. Well, you found out your thyroid's out of whack, and I was like, oh my God, is the medication not working? And my thyroid is, in, is enlarged. Well, and so I was concerned that your medication wasn't working, and what did you say? It would work if I took it. <laughs> my God, you got to take your medication. I don't know if anyone else feels like this, but when there's something so little that's so obvious that it should just be easy to yeah. do and you literally can't do it. Mm-hmm. I take all my medication at night. I take my anti-anxiety. I take my antidepressant. I take, well, that's it. Anyways, that's what I yeah. take at night. In the morning, all I have to do is take one tiny little pill. Yeah. And I can't get my crap together to do it. Yeah. I and did you... take it this morning. Oh, okay. Day one. Day one. Um, I have had hypothyroid for 12 years. Yeah. And I used to be really good at taking my medication. And I have to take it in the morning as soon as I wake up, before I eat or drink. Yeah. I can't eat or drink for a half an hour. But my mornings are usually chaotic. And I, I know it seems so simple to be like, just set an alarm. And the pills are literally beside my bed. Like, yeah. why can't I just like, figure this out, it. right? Yeah. But it's some sort of, like, giant hill that I feel like I'm climbing. But I got to sort it out because well, it's important. you're being put on notice. I'm going to ask you every Sunday okay. for the Tuesday's episode, we're going to track okay. how many days have you taken your thyroid pill. Okay. I will I will get on my thyroid pill and get it sorted. Because <laughs> uh, I don't want to have an enlarged thyroid. No. Anywho, let's get into this week's episode. This week we chat with Mackenzie. Yeah, we found Mackenzie on TikTok. She shares her story with us. Uh, we wanted to put out a trigger warning for sexual assault and suicide. Yeah. So these topics are obviously very sensitive and we want to make sure that you are in a safe space and feeling uh, the right mindset. Yeah, the right mindset yeah. when you're listening and that you uh, get the help you need after if necessary. And uh, we'll get into her story and All right. We'll All right. enjoy. All right. Hello Mackenzie. Hi. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you guys? We are good. good. Yeah, it feels like the day's going by really fast. It, it is. is. I actually got to sleep in today, which was nice. Oh my god. Oh, good. I feel like that's like a bonus for a parent. Oh, definitely. It doesn't happen too often. No. I think I don't appreciate enough as somebody who doesn't have kids. I don't appreciate my sleep enough. Like I don't know. I you do be, not. I need to have more gratitude towards the amount of sleep and naps I get. You don't realize how nice you have it until it's like, oh, I got four hours of sleep, but I don't really have a choice now. Yeah. Oh, I know. Yeah. I mean, as a single mom of five, I literally have no time during the day where I'm like free to to nap because there's no one else to watch my kids. So 
the the nighttime sleep is very precious and it also gets interrupted often (laughs) yeah oh i can only imagine it's crazy we're super excited to talk to you today we um sort of got to know you through instagram and tiktok and love that you're like a local Canadian and you talk a lot about mental health, which is something that we talk a lot about. All right. So yeah, why don't we have you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about you? Yeah. So my name is Mackenzie. I am 24 years old. I am a single mom to my daughter, Jezebel, who is going to be two in August. We reside in Alberta and we kind of just accidentally, I guess, fell into the whole social media thing. It kind of started off as like just something that was going to be fun while I was on my mat leave. And then we just had a video go viral and everything has kind of just taken off from there. Uh, Over this past year, it was mostly just going to be like fun little videos about my daughter and I, but I started to gain a little bit more confidence in myself and who I am as a person. And I thought I would start using my platform to start reaching out to people and start sharing my story so that people could understand and relate and just kind of get to know who I really am. And I'm not just this face on a platform that I actually do have like a little bit of a story behind me. And, you know, just because of what has happened in my life and scenarios that I had been put into, that doesn't mean that my life was over and it doesn't mean that I can't build a future for my daughter and I. I think that's great. Yeah, I think it's so impressive when, yeah, somebody can sort of like um, get sort of go viral or whatever, and then and then use that platform as a way of connecting with people, because I think your story is really relatable. And yeah, I think it's it's important to for people who maybe don't have that platform to see their story, you know, in a public way, because it makes them feel less alone. Oh, totally. And I've actually had lots of people, you know, reach out to me and say, like, you know, your story um, resonates so much with me, like, it's very similar to like what I had gone through, but I just like felt invalid and like, what was going on because of the people like surrounding me. And, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes it's just like, you know, hearing what another person has gone through. And it's also what you have gone through. It kind of just makes you feel a little bit more validated in yourself. And, you know, the feelings that I was feeling at that time are true. You know, this happened to another person. Like, it doesn't mean that it couldn't have happened to me in the way that it did. You know, I feel like a lot of people kind of get their stories get pushed under the rug because it's not the norm or like how it is portrayed on TV. I guess. Yeah. Well, I found you on TikTok. I think I started following you on TikTok when uh, your daughter was only like a few months old. And, oh, wow, really? Yeah. Like she was little and you were doing like outfit changes and stuff like that for her and picking out her outfit. And I don't know, she's beautiful. And I just think that you're such a strong mom. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. You're welcome. Yeah, that's so <laughs> Yeah, that's just like how I was saying before, like it just kind of started off as like fun little videos with her and yeah. kind of grew into this bigger platform than I ever expected. So I think if you want to start your story, however you feel the most comfortable sharing it, uh, and then we can sort of ask questions from there. Yeah, so I can kind of like dive into how everything kind of happened. I had actually gone to college for a year. I was just playing volleyball. I was in a couple of different programs. I was really indecisive of exactly what I wanted to do. And I was like flip-flopping between like which sports I wanted to play. And I just was totally lost. Like I didn't know what I wanted to do. 
So I decided that, you know, let's just take a break from school. Like I can always go back whenever I want. I'm just going to work, you know, save up some money and then I can decide from there. So Mm -hmm. I had actually gotten a job as a lifeguard manager for the city. And I started that, I believe it was November of 2015. And then around that time, I decided, you know, I wanted to move out. And I was very picky. I was like, I don't want to pay rent. You know, I want to be paying into myself. So I actually decided to buy my own place. Wow. Good for you. Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) And then, yeah, a month after living there, unfortunately, I was sexually assaulted. And (sighs) that just kind of like put me in this really bad downward spiral. I I had to take time off work and I was just living off of, you know, the support that your work gives you when you go into like a traumatic event and medical leave. Yeah. Yeah. So I was living off medical leave. I did have two of my friends living with me at the time. It was just kind of a lot. Like I had a car payment. I had my phone, you know, utilities, mortgage, everything like that. And it was just you know, my bank account was just like slowly like draining and going down and down and yeah. down. And I was just like, that was another thing that kind of was just like, oh, how am I supposed to dig myself out of this? Like, you know, I, I had just set myself up. I was so happy. You know, everything was just kind of starting to fall into place. You know, I just felt really good about the decisions that I had been making. And it just felt like everything just kind of went crashing. Yeah, that's so hard then, when you are sort of on this trajectory and everything's going well. And then you have like this horrible thing happen. Yeah, it was, it was definitely, I guess, eye opening because, you know, the city that I lived in, it was very tight knit and it just like never really heard about it very much or it's never really talked about like anything, like if anything bad were to ever happen, it's not really brought out into the public. So you never really think that like this is going to happen to me. Yeah. Yeah. And After your assault, did you report it to authorities or did you tell anybody? Yeah. So right after the assault, it was, it was a very confusing time for me. I didn't really know what to take of it. I was like, essentially I was sleeping at the time and then I had woken up to him taking pictures of me and touching me and I was drinking the night prior. So I didn't know where I was and I just was like I had no idea who this person was or like what was happening and I just kind of like just laid there for a moment I was like like just shocked I'm like is this a dream like is this really happening like I, I don't understand and then this like fear like started to like really come over me and it was like well if I like if I stop him or if I try to move or like talk like is this person going to hurt me? Like, I I had no idea who he was or what he was capable of, right? So it's just like, yeah, wow. so I just kind of just became petrified and it was almost like I, I couldn't move. Like I was just stuck there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I truly believe that, you know, he was just going to stop and like, you know, he would have got the pictures that he needed. He would have gotten off the way he wanted or was intending to, but it just kept progressing and progressing and progressing and to the point point where I was like a full-on like you know intercourse sexual assault yeah and then you know he just I guess once he was satisfied he pulled up my pants and went up to his room and went to bed and I laid there for a minute and I was just like just in complete shock I was like what do I do like I I was scared to move I was like scared to open my eyes I was like I was I was like listening I was like listening him going up to the stairs and like closing his door and like waiting until I could like 
move and figure out where exactly I am, what exactly I'm going to do next. And the first thing I did was like, I, I called my best friend and I uh, called her and I was just like, I need you to come pick me up. I had walked outside to like see where I was exactly so she could come and pick me up. And it was just like the shock. And then I started to cry. And then I started to gather my things and she was like there to pick me up. And oh, I just wow. like, she picked me up and she was just like, you know, laughing with me. Like, how was your night? Did you have a good night? And I just broke down. Like I just oh, started crying. And I was like, I was like, I don't know what just happened. I was like, I think I was raped. Like, I don't know for sure. I was like, I'm just so confused. And then I, we were sitting there and she had stopped. And, and then it was like the friend that I had gone to the party with. I was like, I think she's still in there. Oh, God. We had gone back to the residence and, you know, we're banging on the door. We're trying to call her and, like, no one's answering. And so we just kind of were like, you know what, let's let's go. Hopefully, like, she just went home because she was living with me at the time. So we got into the car and she's like, what do you want to do? Like, do you want to go home? And I was like, I just want to go see my mom. So she had actually called my mom and said that we were coming over and that we needed to talk. Walking into the house, it was like I just immediately burst into tears. Yeah, yeah. And I couldn't even, like, speak, and it was, my friend was the one who had to, like, tell her exactly, like, what was going on. That's when my mom, like, told me exactly, like, what the next steps were going to be, what was going to happen, what it was going to look like, and then that's when we decided that, you know, let's, we're going to call the police. Wow, that's so, that's such a difficult decision to, to make, too. Yeah. Yeah, the thing that, like, really troubled me the most was this person had pictures of me, like, yeah right so it's like what was his intentions with those and you know I I'm not a person to like send out news anyway so it's like the for this random person to have sexual pictures of me I was just like I've never done that before and now this random person just has these pictures of me that I didn't even give consent for him to have or like Mm -hmm. even give them to him myself so that was just like a huge fear of mine it's like who's going to see these pictures like what is going to happen yeah, so when the pol- so did the police come to you? Yeah, so they came and met me at my my house or my mom's house. My parents, they were like asking um questions and they're like, "Do you know who this person is?" And I was like, "No, I don't know who it is." And you know, like when you're out drinking, you can kind of like remember like little bits and pieces of like the night. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like that was pretty much me. Like I didn't remember a lot of like what happened throughout the night, but they were just like I remember like little interactions and I had remember like talking to this one guy and I was like I remember talking to him I remember sitting on the couch we were kind of like just like joking around talking about his girlfriend but that's it and I was like that's all I can remember like having like an actual conversation with I was like other than that like I I don't know so they had immediately called someone to go to the residence and they just kind of did like a check and the first thing they did was they confiscated all the phones and that's how they actually figured out who did it and who it was because they had gone through the photos and obviously the photos were on this guy's phone and that's how they were able to like pinpoint it on him and you know take him into custody because other than that like I was just like like I didn't really have any full information as to like who this person was all I knew was that like I knew for a fact that there were like photos on the phone and that's how they were able to put them into custody was through that evidence. That happened. Did that happen really quickly? Yeah. Yeah. It was super quickly. Wow. Yeah. I think by the time we had, they must've been at my place in maybe like five to 10 minutes. And then 
after I gave out my full story, they probably had him in the next like five to 10 minutes. Wow. Wow. Yeah. It was was very quick. And did he deny it right away? You know, it's funny you say that because he actually admitted to everything when he was questioned. What? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. But later on, like a couple of months later, uh, he actually then pled not guilty. That was like the really frustrating Uh, thing. I was like, so we're going to go through all of this. You've already admitted to everything. Like you've already like confessed, but now we're going to go through trials and, you know, I'm going to have to like stand in front of you. And it's just like, that was the most frustrating thing for me. And it just kind of get put, get putting on hold. So they always just had like a, um, I forget exactly what they're called, but it's like a, where they go in and they would like say his like sent uh, not sentencing but like rather he would like plead guilty or like not guilty. It just get it just kept getting postponed and postponed like month after month and I was just like oh. every day that that day would come yeah. I was just like okay and then it was like oh they postponed it I was like okay so then the next date would come like oh it's postponed and I was like my goodness like <laughs> can we just well and and every every time you're trying to mentally prepare yourself for it to happen and then it doesn't like that's. That's a huge toll on your mental health. Yeah. It was like, yeah. I was like ready for like some sort of answer to like figure out what's going next. And it's like, oh no, we have to wait again. We have to wait again. Yeah. I was just like. I found, yeah. um, so I had an ex who faced criminal charges um, for crimes against me. And I always felt it was really frustrating because they do always get postponed. And on one hand, you're trying to forget and move on because that's, in your best interest sort of to heal and move forward. But at the same time, you need to be able, when you're being cross-examined as a witness in court or as a victim, sorry, you have to be able to recall the most ridiculous details, time, date, location, all these specific details. And so I felt like it was such a constant battle for me of people being like, you know, you need to move forward. You need to forget about it. But legally you can't because there's going to come a time where, you know, and so you're holding on to this information and you have to sort of tuck it away in your brain to be able to recall it. And it's, it's such a roller coaster. Oh, definitely. You know, that's like, you just pinpointed it like right on, like totally because, you know, they like tell you to like get therapy and like talk about it. And it's like, yeah, that's great. But it's, you know, I'm going to therapy to like heal myself, but at the same time, like, it's just going to keep coming back and coming back because we're going to go to trials or we're like waiting for the next court date. Like, and that's, and you said Mm -hmm. it, like, you have to remember like every little detail and they will dig into every detail that they can like get out of you because, you know, at the end of the day, it is like innocent until proven guilty. So like what you remember is so, so important, but it's just like, sometimes trauma is like you almost like put up this block and you're like you don't want to remember those details you just want to like you know put it back like you want to get rid of it as fast as you can just to like heal for yourself and it's like you can't really yeah did you have support when it came to you know police yeah so after we had talked to the police um we immediately went to the hospital to get a sexual assault rape kit done and when I was there, we had, we, I wasn't allowed to drink, eat, go to the bathroom, like nothing. It was, it was horrible. I was like, I was already like not feeling good. I'm, there was this one time I was like, I was going to puke and they're like, well, you can't. And I was like, well, I'm going to, like, I don't know what you expect me to do here. So I had to puke in this like, 
was happening. So I had to puke in this um, garbage bag that had nothing in it so that they could keep it. <laughs> or oh like my if anything were to like come up and I was just like, Oh my goodness. So yeah, but oh. when I was there we did they did have like a um I can't wow. remember it's like sexual assault like an advocate person who comes in and talks to you and like explains the process and they like give you like brochures and like what happens next and they like give you just like all mm-hmm. this information as like who you can contact you know just to kind of help you through the process and you know they were there to like you know hold me um the one lady gave me you know those rocks that have the um like believe or courage and they're kind yeah. of texture rock yeah so she had given me one of those and she's like whenever you're feeling stressed just like rub it and like the texture will help calm you down so she had given me one of those and that was like really nice and I actually still have that rock to this day Aww. but yeah that was as soon as we got to the hospital we just like sat in a room with them and Aww. I I always had my the support from my family and friends like immediately like I was very lucky that you know there was really no questions asked as to you know, is this true? Are you sure? It was just listen to me, understood, believe me. And then we took the next step, which was, you know, a lot of people don't have that. And I, that's really, I was really grateful for that because I think that just made the whole process a lot easier for me in the sense, because I knew that I had, you know, my support behind me. Absolutely. Because yeah, like you said, some people don't have that. They're not believed and they're not, they're questioned. I mean, constantly about, yeah did this really happen totally. or did it happen the way you yeah. said it did? Yeah, there was, you know, especially like need my that support. friends and family, obviously they totally were behind my back, but there was definitely a lot of doubts within his friends and people who I had thought that I was friends with. Yeah. That was probably the hardest thing. I was like, you know, I was on the team with you guys last, the year prior and now it's like, you don't have my back at all. Like it's, yeah, it was, I was ruining his life. It was not what he had done. Yeah. It was what I was about to be doing to him. And that was, that part really hurt, you know? Yeah. So ultimately what happened to him through the court system? So from what I can remember is that after his questioning, I believe he got out on bail from what I recall. It was it, it was like couple days maybe a week later I can't really remember exactly so he was out he um was at the college that uh, I was at the year prior so he actually then dropped out of the college resigned and then he went back home to his hometown oh, okay so then from there on it was just kind of like we were just waiting to hear what the next steps were and like what he was going to do like if he's going to plead guilty or not guilty I was told right from the beginning that almost all the time they're going to plead not guilty because, you know, there is obviously that chance that they can just get away with it or lessen their sentence. Because if you just plead guilty, like right away, there's, they're not really giving themselves any chance to prove for themselves. So it's very common. It's not, which I, I, I knew. And they were told me that right from the beginning which it makes sense. Like I understand, obviously it's so, so, so frustrating, but I do get it from that standpoint. But. Mm-hmm. So he, so he pled not guilty. Yes. He pled not guilty. So this, the whole incident happened in January. He pled not guilty in June. Wow. June 9th actually was, uh, and just like in a couple of days here, this is actually when he pled not guilty was the day that I actually did try to take my life. Oh God! So I'm at, but you know what? I'm thinking about it now, and it's like I'm 
going to be five years in like three days of being suicide attempt free. So yeah, wow. It's the big milestone. That's for sure. Absolutely. Like think of all the things that you've been able to do right in those, in those five years. I mean, that's, it's a lot of time. It is. And yeah, it was, it's just crazy. You know, I think back to like where I was at that point and where I am now and I'm like, holy crap. Like, yeah. how, like look at what I would have missed out on. Absolutely. Yeah. So he pleads guilty and then um, does it take a while for... No, he pleads not guilty. Oh, sorry. He he pleads not guilty. Um, and then does it take a while for a trial to happen? Did you have to be questioned? Yeah. So then we did the following January. We had a... Pro- preliminary trial Uh this is where like all the evidence comes forward within that preliminary trial I did have to get questioned so I was like on stand he didn't but it was just basically like they had to hear my side like what happened and you know we brought forward any evidence and it was actually at that preliminary trial where we actually received more evidence and I actually found out more information later on finding out that there was actually two counts of sexual assault that I was unaware of because one I was actually passed out on. There was different timestamps of photos. One was like at one or two or something in the morning. And then the other one was 730 in the morning, which was when I was like had woken up to. So I actually had no idea that there were Oh my God. Yeah. That was really shocking for me. I was like that, like I would have had no idea that that even happened. So it's my that kind of like crossed my mind. It's like, what if I didn't wake up the second time with this person? I just had gone completely like under the radar because I yeah. just had no idea. Oh, wow. Yeah. But while we were there, one of the officers saw that he was wearing this watch. The same watch was in the photos. Oh, oh wow. So we actually were able to confiscate that watch, analyze it, and realize that this was the same watch that he was wearing that day of the preliminary trial that were also in the photos that were on his phone. So that was kind of like, I guess, sealed the deal almost. That right. like, you know, this is this is him. Like this is like his face and all, and stuff wasn't in the picture. So that was kind of where it was like a gray area. Yeah. But this just kind of like gave it like more evidence as to like we do have the right person. Like this is not just a coincidence. What an idiot. <laughs> Yeah, like I mean, <laughs> a good idiot on my end, but it totally. Yeah, yeah, it was crazy. It was just like wow. all of a sudden they came out and they're like talking to us, and like we think we have something else, and we're like, like "What are you talking about?" And then it was just yeah, wow. I, I'm almost I'm like pit like I was so mad, but I'm like thankful that he was yeah. like yeah that dumb to do that. Yeah. So you know absolutely. absolutely. So what was his final sentence then? Because well, he was found guilty. Yeah, so in the end, we were supposed to have another trial come the following May in 2018. So this took over two years, two wow. and a half years. So the following May, after the preliminary trial in 2018, so a year and a, four months later, like a day or two before, they pled guilty. Oh, wow. wow. And that would have benefited him because by pleading guilty, you're more likely to receive a lesser sentence. Yeah. And that's exactly what happened. You know, um, the lawyer that I had and um, the lawyer that he had like worked together and, you know, he is cooperating, I guess. So they were able to like 
lessen his sentence because of. So he ended up getting two years in jail and five years probation. And then he has a lifetime predator. He's always going to be on the predator list. Oh, good. Wow. Did he serve the full two years? Do you know? You know, I'm actually not too sure. I haven't completely, you know, I've kind of just like let it go. I haven't asked any questions about it. I'm assuming that he did. But I, I don't know exactly. I don't like to dive into that anymore. I just kind of yeah. like let it go. But yeah, it was for me, I was kind of a little bit of annoyed because they did drop that um, one charge that we were like, I was completely unaware about. So they just kind of like dropped it. That was kind of one right. of the um, mm. things that they had agreed on, which I wish they wouldn't have because it was like, yeah, that's one of the things that's like, I had absolutely no idea. And now it's just kind of like, Oh, yeah, let's just brush that one under the rug. I was yeah. a little bit disappointed in that, but, you know, it's over with. It was just, you know, it was just time to just move on. It had already been two and a half years, and I was still having to deal with it. It was just like, you know what? Okay, just do it. I just, I want to move on with my life now. Yeah. So you had mentioned that um, on that June 9th date when he pled not guilty, you had attempted to take your life. I guess what was going on for you in terms of your mental health and your situation? It was kind of, I must have been maybe like two months after the incident. I had been put on um, sleeping pills and antidepressants because I just like couldn't sleep. And, you know, I just was not me. Like I totally turned into this almost like, I mean, from the inside, I was like, just kind of this like ghost to myself. And, you know, I was actually talking to my aunt about this the other day, and I was like, well, did you even know? And she's like, no, I had no idea. Like, no one knew. Like, and that was the thing is how bad it was. And I didn't really talk about it too much. It was just kind of like, I thought that this would pass. I thought that I would be okay. And then as the days went on, and the more I heard about, like, people, like, talking about how, you know, I'm ruining his life, like, they weren't really taking consideration as to, like, what I was going through. And then it was just kind of like, you know, watching my bank account drop and it was like everything that I had kind of been working for was just like taken away almost instantly. I just lost like all sense of hope and direction with my life. And it was like, I would literally wake up in the morning and go straight to my couch and just lay there and sleep. And I didn't want to go out. I didn't want to see anyone like I let my like fridge almost run dry. I was like, well, you know, I have rice and I have this. So like, I'll be fine. Like, I don't need anything else. Yeah. And it was just kind of like one thing just slowly started like toppling over each other. And then the thought of like having to see this person again and having to go through this, that's kind of when it was like, I don't think I can do this. Like, I don't think I can do this anymore. Like I was just, when you're so deep into this depression, it's like, it's like you're not really alive. Like you're just kind of going through the motions. You're like, you're, you're this person just kind of doing day-to-day life. And it's like, you're just a ghost and you can't really, you can't really put it into words because you're not feeling anything. Like you're not really sad, happy, mad. It's just kind of like, you're just at this going through the motions thing. It's like, for me, I really like to be around my family because it was like, well, at least I have like a sense of like community and like I can, you know, I don't feel as alone. But then as soon as I got home, it was like, I don't have any desire anymore. Like I, this is just exhausting. Did yeah. you still have roommates at this point? I did, yeah. And my best friend, who was the one who actually like picked me up and everything, she was living with me. I had another roommate who was the girl that was in the 
um, residence. So those two were living with me and they were always there for me, like a hundred percent, but it was just like, I was almost like too far gone. And it yeah. just happened, happened so quick. Like I can't even really like think of a time where it was just like, Oh, this is it. This was the time where it all, everything just started to spiral. It was like almost everything just happened at the same time. And I just, I didn't want it anymore. Like I didn't want to feel the pain and I didn't want to go through this. I just wanted it all to end. Yeah. 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 Wow. That's so scary. Well, and, and when you get into that deep depression, you know, your brain is telling you things that aren't true or that, you know, maybe a, a healthy person would never think of. Right. And in that state, your brain is telling you that it, it would just be easier or better if you weren't there. Yeah. And that's terrible. Yeah. And I think the one thing that I was definitely like holding on was that I didn't want to hurt my family. Yeah. Like it, yeah. Was, it was something that it was premeditated and it's something that I premeditated for quite a few months. And then I like had my friend's wedding and I was like, well, I don't want to hurt her. Like, I, I don't want to do this before her wedding. And, and then yeah. I went to her wedding and then it was like, you know, I had like these huge breakdowns, every little thing. It was just like, I couldn't control it anymore. Like, it was like, I would just break down and like completely, I would go crazy pretty much. Like I just mm, lost it. Yeah. And it was just like, is this, is this who I'm going to be? Like, am I not going to be able to be that fun, happy, you know, supportive friend anymore? Like, am I just going to feel like I and I felt like I was like ruining people's times and people's like things that they had going on in their lives it was like my own personal issues were like taking a toll on my family and my friends yeah which is you know looking back at it now and it was like you know that's it's not true like you know yeah yeah they knew what you were going through like they understood and it wasn't like I was purposely going out to ruin these events or like ruin their lives or their time it was like it was something that I had I literally had no control over it yeah and and rationally you know that your family and your friends love is unconditional and that they'll be there for you no matter what but when you're in that state that's not what you're you're telling yourself yeah yeah it was almost like I just kept telling myself that I was like ruining other people's lives as well as yeah. like myself and so the day of your attempt, um, and you don't have to go into details, I think, about, like, how necessarily, but did somebody find you or did you reach out for help? Yeah, so basically the day of, I was actually working, and I knew that they were having their trial to, like, set the, like, plea, like, guilty or not guilty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And... I've been trying to like think about it, but I'm pretty sure my mom had texted me saying that they just postponed it again and that there was no answer because I was at work and she didn't want to make me upset. Right. So then when I got home, uh, my best friend and my mom were there and that's when they told me that he had pled uh, not guilty in that moment where I was just like, okay. And she's mom's like, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. You know, like, she's like, well, do you want me to stay? And I was like, no, you can go home. Like, I'm fine. And then my friend was there and my mom had laughed and she's like, you know, you can like cry. You don't have to hold it in around me. I was like, no, I think I'm fine. I'm just going to go take a shower. And yeah, I won't go into details of exactly how I did it because I don't really like to give people ideas. I basically, my friend went and made me a smoothie. I was like going to bed and then I had gotten up and we start, I was like talking to her and I started like taking some drinks and stuff. And basically, my friend was like, are you okay? And I was just like, yeah, I'm fine. She's like, Mackenzie, you've had like two drinks. She's like, there's no way. 
and I was like, oh, right. And then it was like things just went instantly like foggy black. And I, I think I remember saying to her, I was like, I need you to call an ambulance. She's like, What did you oh, do? Oh wow. Oh no. Yeah. And then that that's pretty much all that I really remember. Like I can, I, I guess she did call the ambulance, and then she she was in paramedics at the time, and um, she was just like, she told them she's like, you know what, I'll just I'll just take her there. Like I'll just rush her there. Like I, I need to get her there as soon as possible. Yeah. And I don't remember any of this. And then we, the last thing I remember is I was, I think I was either in the passenger seat or I was in the back seat of her car. I believe I was in the back seat of her car and I can hear her calling my mom. Oh. She's like, you need oh, to, God. you need to come to the hospital. Something really bad has happened. And she's like telling me to like, stay, stay awake, stay awake. And then that was it. Like that was the last thing that I remember. The next thing I remember is I was waking up in the hospital. I just remember like, I just wanted to go for a walk. I just wanted to like walk around the hospital and they're like, no, Mackenzie, you, you can't walk. Like you, like I was so out of it. Like I just couldn't do anything. But the doctor, the doctors had told my parents that, you know, like if I wasn't brought in, like I wouldn't have woken up. Oh God. And were you placed under any sort of psychiatric evaluation or hold? Yeah. So I did actually have a psychiatric evaluation when I, entered there when I was like gotten into a room I don't remember the evaluation I was still like really out of it gone kind of I don't I looked back at my notes and I was like I don't remember taking this like at all but basically I got oh what's the term for it It, basically I got flagged which means that I was not allowed to leave the psychiatric unit for 30 days I had to stay in there for 30 days basically I was in the hospital to like treat my suicide attempt and then I was immediately then brought up to the psychiatric unit where I actually was fairly lucky I only had to stay in there for about a week so then I finally like talked to my nurse and she's like you know what I don't really think that you're going to do this again I was like I'm not like I didn't feel the need that like I needed to be in there and yeah it did allow me to just like be able to like let go of it and you know move on and heal um, by myself. I'm very like independent in that way. I don't really like to get like a lot of help, which is actually probably why this kind of all spiraled in the first place. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, did you have a lot of access for support and help once you got out? That was one of the like um, things that I had to go on. I had to go on this new medication. And I had to go start seeing this therapist. So those are my two things that I had to do once mm-hmm. I got out. Yeah, so I had started my new medication and then I went to the therapist once. And I just felt like I I couldn't really connect with her. I was like talking to another lady prior to all this. So I started going back to her for a bit. And she, she wasn't really a, like a counselor, but she was like a sexual assault. Um, just someone that you can like go and talk to and like get information from that I had really like gone gotten really comfortable around so I was talking to her and she was just reminding me she's like I'm not a counselor like it would be really beneficial if you do start going to see one and eventually was just like counseling I figured you know it just wasn't really for me at the time so I I did stop going to counseling and you know I was taking my medication and I decided that you know it's it's just time for me to like move on so I had decided to go to school in Vancouver and that's when I kind of was just like you know what I just need to like I need to let go of this city I need to let go of my past I want to just start fresh I want to meet people who don't know exactly like what is going what happened in my life like I just want yeah. to 
be me again and that's yeah. kind of yeah. like my like journey of starting to heal and get better all really started yeah wow so did you move away from your parents then yeah I moved I guess it was like 12 hours away from where I was living wow. before yeah and what did you join what did you decide to do in school I went to makeup artistry school oh wow that's amazing yeah it was a lot of fun it was you know I've always been really into art but I just yeah I, I would get bored with like I never really finish a project and once I started to like look at makeup being kind of like another medium I was like you know I should really like dive into that more and I really loved it it was a lot of fun absolutely that's amazing and do you still do makeup today I do from time to time I do more so weddings uh, this oh, time nice. year kind of like put a halt on things I did have quite a few weddings uh, lined up last year but unfortunately due to COVID they did yeah. get postponed or canceled but now that Jess is getting a little bit older I do want to kind of you know branch into that a little bit more and start pursuing that career for sure yeah what brought you back um into Alberta from BC I just really wanted to be closer to my family and Vancouver is super expensive I was kind of in I was in like a relationship that I wasn't the happiest in and I met this person like a month or two while uh, moving to Vancouver so I had known him the whole time that I was there for the almost two years and it was okay. just kind of like I didn't really feel like I was enjoying the city or like having fun and you know we did split for a bit after I had already committed to moving to Calgary and when we were split like I was already like I was like, yeah, like, I actually really like the city. Like, I'm having a lot of fun. And But I had already committed to moving back to Calgary and being closer to my family, which was, like, totally fine. Like, I love the experience that I had in Vancouver. I wouldn't necessarily live there again. It's just a little bit too expensive and crowded for me. But Calgary seemed like to be a nice balance where it's, like, a little bit cheaper. It's closer to my family. It's pretty central to Alberta. Oh, wow. And so so you're almost, I guess, this week you'll be two, you said five years suicide attempt free yeah five years that's amazing congratulations oh, that's that's like you. a real that's really good how do you take care of yourself and your mental health today what does that look like recently I think it's just like knowing kind of like what my triggers are like I know that I get really stressed or like anxious when I'm super tired or if Jess is like crying a lot like I know like the super like loud noises really just like get to me or if I'm like overworking myself and I've just kind of had to like, you know, take a step back. And if there is something that I like, I can feel the like anxiousness, like building me, it's like, I just need to like walk away. I need to like step back and like take a minute for myself. Especially when I started back working, I was working super long nights and I was like super tired. And I had like my first anxiety attack that I had had in like years. And I was like, why? I was like, I was doing so good. And then I started to get down on myself. And then I was like, okay, but what causes like why and it's like it's the more I looked at it it's like I'm getting two hours of sleep Mackenzie you're barely eating because right. you're <laughs> working or you're taking care of Jessa or like you need to change something here yeah so I think the thing that I've learned for myself is I really need to like analyze like what I'm doing with myself and I've learned how to do that and like as long as I'm taking care of like my physical body I feel a lot better mentally yeah and I've been able to like pinpoint and like figure out what those are now where before it was like oh I'm having a bad day well now I'm gonna have a bad week right yeah because you're a young mom 
Mm-hmm. How how's that going? <laughs> you know, it's actually not. I was terrified when I found out I was pregnant. Like I was so scared. I was like, oh my goodness, like what am I going to do? I've always like wanted to be a mom. Like I've always loved kids and like hanging out with them or like babysitting and I mean, I hate to be that person, but like it really just kind of came natural to me. And Aww. you know, once once she was born, it was like this is fine. Like it like I know like I'm I know what I'm doing. Like I know what to do. It's like everything is going to be okay. Yet yeah, the first little bit I was like I was crapping my pants, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's a it's a huge change in your life. That's for sure. Yeah, I say yeah. I have no idea. I imagine. (laughs) Carling Um, has five dogs, so she gets it. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Yeah, I had always been like fairly like mature for my age too. Like I was pretty good with you know saving and just like having my life pretty much on track. So it didn't feel like it was out of the norm or that I wasn't necessarily ready. It was just like, you know, it was just like another thing. It was like another uh, experience. And I was, once I realized like, you know, this is going to be okay. I got so excited. Yeah. That's so nice. That's awesome. And so how is life today? Like you're a single mom. I'm sure that keeps you very busy. Are you working? Yeah. So I work full time in a restaurant. Oh, good. um, we just opened, obviously, back up on Monday. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, my body was just getting ad- adjusted to having those three weeks off and actually getting <laughs> up, like, super early and going to bed at a decent time. And now it's oh, like, no. just kidding. Here we go. Let's go back into the grind. I love that. Uh, Mackenzie, thank you so much for sharing your story. I yeah. think it's it's really brave to be so vulner- vulnerable and open. And like I said, I think this message will be will resonate so closely with so many people. Yeah. Um, whether or not they have a platform to share it, I think it'll have a big impact. Yeah, definitely. I'm super glad that you guys reached out to me. This was amazing. And, you know, it's kind of crazy because, like, this is actually the first time that I've been able to talk about it without actually full-on going into tears. So that actually just kind of made me realize too, that I'm also healing even more, which is super incredible. And, you know, the thing with mental health and healing, you just got to give it time. Like, yeah, yeah it's not gonna happen overnight and I think I think that's the one thing that you know a lot of people don't give themselves and I wasn't giving myself that either but just give yeah. yourself time and you know work on yourself and find the things that work for you and well that's great thank you so much for sharing with us and hope that you have a awesome day and yeah thank you you guys as well awesome, awesome. thank you so much yeah no thank you guys this was a really great time i'm really grateful that you guys reached out to me oh that's uh, great we're so glad Thank you. <laughs> all right well we'll let you go carry on with your busy day and we'll talk to you later <laughs> sounds good have a good rest okay. of your day. you too bye. bye bye michelle hey carly i like that i look at you now because i don't know if you're gonna surprise me and say my name first maybe one day I will. maybe <laughs> keep me on my toes <laughs> all you're gonna do is hit record i'm gonna be like carly <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Mackenzie, thank you so much again for sharing your story. Uh, We're going to put a link to your Instagram and TikTok. And her little girl is so cute. I know. The TikToks are really funny. They're really funny. Yeah. She's so sweet. Yeah. And a lot of uh, Mackenzie's TikToks are about her her journey through Mm -hmm. mental health and kind of 
talking about things that are uncomfortable to talk about and yeah. helping other survivors and other victims. And it's really important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, if you haven't already, you should be following us on social media. Yes. We can be found pretty much anywhere. And I did not sign up for this. And we are also on Patreon. We are. So if you heard this episode and you're like, oh, give me more. I've listened to all their episodes and we just need more Carling and Michelle. Well, have we got a deal for you. For as, <laughs> for as little as $5 a month, you can get access to over 33 uh, bonus episodes. Yeah. So I think maybe let's let's give them a little rundown that you get two free episodes a month. Yeah. And... They are juicy and they are our trauma. Yeah, and as soon it's as it's kind you... of everything, we kind of we kind of step out of the line of yeah. what our podcast main feed is. We've covered true crime. Mm-hmm. We've told our most embarrassing stories. Yes, we've talked about our own trauma. We have guests that actually ask if they can just keep their story on the Patreon. Yes, because it's just a smaller, more curated audience. Yeah, and if you sign up, you automatically get access to all those episodes. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, two two episodes a month. That's yep. amazing. <laughs> it we're, is amazing. We're amazing. And because it's June and it's Pride Month, this upcoming Friday mm-hmm. is uh, my coming out story. Yeah. And sort of my, like, uh, I don't know, not gender identity, my my identity yeah. revolution. Oh. Realization. Ooh. Check There's a lot out. of Lady Gaga happening. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so you can check it out. And it's another really great way of showing your support for our podcast. And occasionally we will send out little things to our Patreons. It's true. And we they all got a little bit of a sticker sample mm-hmm. recently. And some people have already received them and love them. Yeah. Obviously. Raving. Raving. Raving reviews. Speaking of reviews, also, oh, yeah. we're trying to boost our podcast. So if you're enjoying what you're listening to, I would love it if you go onto iTunes or Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. I know that some people are saying they don't have Apple. I don't listen to my podcast on Apple. Um, I know Podbean, you can leave reviews. Yeah, Podbean um, on our Facebook page. Facebook page, yeah. Other ways, even just send us a message to yeah. tell us how much you love us. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, we just love getting feedback. Honestly, it's so nice. It's great. Yeah. I mean, as long as it's good. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. I hope you have a great week, and we will talk to you soon. All right. bye. Bye.